I'm not a chicken, you're a turkey, allegedly. This is Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck, back on the scene alone, on the street again. Uh, everybody has abandoned me this Thanksgiving holiday here. So I'm spending it with you, the Heavy Hole Podcast listener, who I'm so thankful for. Uh, all kidding aside, Justin and Tom couldn't make it. We're scheduling this episode in time to drop you an extra episode this Thanksgiving week. Or for our international listeners who are not from the USA, uh, it's just an extra episode on a Thursday. Uh, enjoy it. Um, but we we wanted to bring you something a little extra this week because also, as you'll learn, our special guest for this interview has something special uh, that should be dropping in a timely fashion in relation to when you hear this interview, if you hear it the day it goes up uh, for our Thanksgiving holiday here, where I'm from. This is the Heavy Hole Podcast. I'm all by myself, Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. Um, just introing this episode, I want to be thankful and express a lot of thanks to Tom and Justin. Even though you hear my voice uh, predominantly on the show so much, and on this episode especially, Tom and Justin are working behind the scenes producing this um, creating the graphics and imagery and making sure it actually goes out on the internet and is uploaded to all the uh, um, particular platforms and things like that. Those guys are uh, my team. So shout out to them. I'm very thankful to them. I also wanted to express just a few... Just I want to do a little thanks list. If you want to go back to last year, we had a special thanks list bonus episode for Thanksgiving where we talked about the, uh, the culture of the thanks list in extreme underground metal, especially predating the internet, how it was such a vital for, uh, way to... Um, find new bands and everything. So I'm just going to do my little uh, quick thanks list here, man. Of course, thanks to Tom and Justin for everything they do for Heavy Hole Podcast, including this episode uh, behind the scenes. Thank you uh, to all the Artificial Brain fans and supporters worldwide. I will always have a um, soft, spark, soft, <laughs> soft spot in my heart um, for the Artificial Brains uh, fans and supporters who um, helped the band get to... Um, Anywhere we got in the last 10 years, when I was part of that entity, um, I will always love Artificial Brain fans and supporters, uh, and especially uh, thanks and uh, shout to Chris Bruni and Profound Lore Records. Um, thanks also to the members of the Long Island band Stabbed, um, uh, because uh, they comprise also, most of them, uh, shout to Lorcan anyway, most of those guys are an exsanguinated uh, a new project um, featuring me on vocals. Uh, we had our first little surprise set over the weekend up there in Rochester. Shout out to Bobby and Oz and the whole gang at the Bug Jar in Rochester. It was a beautiful experience to be back up on stage up there in Rochester. Very thankful for that. That was a great uh, weekend out on the road with those guys. I'm just thankful to the whole team, man. Um, like I said, I'm thankful to the Heavy Hole listeners. As things change on our show, we play around with the format of the show and that sort of thing. Uh, Justin and Tom can't always be here, but uh, we will have a regularly scheduled weekly episode um, that should be dropping tomorrow on Friday like we always do, and uh, Tom will be around for that one, and we got some zany antics uh, along the way in the intro and the outro, but our, our interview tonight I think should be more than enough uh, for your listening pleasure for a podcast. We had a long, I had a long conversation with an old friend of mine from the New York City metal scene who has since relocated, so it was great to catch up. And I am very thankful for our special guest tonight with uh, Eston Brown, um, uh, instrumentalist and uh, especially vocalist, as he's very well known in the brutal death metal community uh, for such bands. Um, he used to be in Geigen and Animals Killing People. Humanity Falls is a band he was well known for around here. And I'm going to say these wrong, but he will correct me during the course of the inter interview, abolishing the ignominious and uh, vols... vols vociferous. I, you guys know me with the Long Island tongue. Let's get Eston on the phone and he's going to tell me the right way to pronounce everything, man. Ooh, ooh, ooh. 
Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here with none other than Eston Brown. Oh, hold on a second, man. I'm going to, because I'm going to mess up. Your new band is, is it Volnificus? Volnificus, that is exactly the name. And you're also currently in Abolishing the Ignominious. 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 We're going to leave that in. We're going to leave that in. We're going to keep it raw, man. Uh, how you doing, Eston? Welcome to the show, man. I'm doing great. How are you, Will? Thank you for having me on. Of course, man. I'm feeling great. Um, glad to have you. Good to talk to you, man. It's been a while. And um, like I just told you behind the scenes, we always get right into it. And the listeners know the first question off the bat is going to be, are you from a particularly musical family? Or was there anyone in your background uh, early on who steered you towards rock or metal or music in general? Musical family? No, not really so much. I come from working family, so we just we just work hard. That's what we do. Um, but, uh, as far as music is concerned, not really, I kind of just stumbled into the music on accident. So, but you know, most accidents, they, they just, they shape your life in, in, in one way or another. So that's, that's pretty much what happened with me. I just stumbled into the metal by accident. I got tired. I got into metal maybe around like 2000 or so, 2001. So that was around like the crunk era or so, so. I got tired of listening to that. So, and then on top of that, I was uh, on, I, my mom, she held me on a punishment. I was on punishment for a while and I couldn't I couldn't watch TV or anything like that. So it kind of forced me to just stay online. I, the only thing I could do was just read and just be on the computer. This is back when dial-up was around where they had like the AOL radio stations. I don't know if you remember that well. AOL chat room, AOL death metal chat room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that was kind of like, I was kind of just curious about the different forms of music because back then, like, AOL had a whole bunch of, I don't know, they had a whole bunch of radio stations, man. So I, it was just like, just pick one. So every day I would just pick a new radio station, check it out. And I don't know, the metal one just seemed to, I don't know, I just seemed to, I, I like that one the most. So it just kind of progressed from there. Okay, all right, well. Let's let's hold on a second because I like I know you from the New York City underground metal scene. Um, where where exactly are you from in New York City for the listeners? All right, so I was born in Brooklyn, but I was raised in Queens, so that's pretty much that's pretty much my background. But you know, when, when you're from New York, it's basically you you. It's not really you're not really from one place in particular. You're, so wherever you was born, it don't even really matter because you, you move around so much with the train and the buses. It's like, you know, everything, you have a second home. So, you know, you might be from Long Island, but you always in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially at uh, the sweatshop uh, rehearsal studios uh, for, for me, man, um, a lot over the years. But I know what you're talking I was just thinking about that. Um, we, you know, we were driving, coming home. We were on the George Washington Bridge, and I was thinking about all my friends through the years who grew up in Brooklyn and Queens, who I know through the metal scene. Uh, shout out to Dan Olivencia mm-hmm. and everybody else, man. And uh, just thinking about how you know you you really end up um, connecting with a lot of different neighborhoods and worlds just by way of all the different places you got to go through public transportation and school and family and things like that. You know, it's it, you really are from the whole city. Uh, you know, a lot of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's it's you know when 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 you're outside of New York. For, for everybody who has who doesn't who hasn't been in New York or not from New York, when you're not from, you know, in other places, you know, in other places, you have to drive or you have to take a little bit of a commute to get outside of the limits. But with New York, 
I could just hop on a train or a bus and I could just be in Queens in like 15, 20 minutes, you know, depending on how long the train want to take. I could be there, I could be there quickly. So I'm just bouncing around all the time, especially if you have family and relatives, you know, that are uh, in different boroughs, you know, so you, you get a second home. So that's what I'm saying. Like I was born in Brooklyn, but I was bouncing back and forth between Queens and Brooklyn all the time and Manhattan and Long Island. So it's like everywhere, everywhere is a home. I, I hear you, man. And and it's, that's common uh, out here. So now you talk about getting into metal, AOL chat room. You had, you had to play the house for a little bit. You were in trouble with, uh, with your mom. Um, I, when you get into metal, like obviously they don't have brutal underground death metal, or maybe they did on the AOL radio, but like tell me how it progresses to like, you know, like I, for me, it was like Sepultura, Iron Maiden, and then that wasn't enough. Then it got into death metal. Like, like, how did you start finding out about underground, and how do you eventually work your way into like brutal, guttural death metal and going to shows? <laughs> and all that? Oh man! All right. So, so what happened with the AOL chat room was, uh, so the big four. I didn't really understand about like you know like the Metallica Slayer Anthrax Megadeth like I didn't understand about that until like a little bit later because when I got into metal like now looking back at it things were like massively misclassified because Metallica and Slayer and the Megadeths and stuff like that they were in the they were classified as like alternative rock and stuff like that so I always I always thought of them I, for the longest time I always thought of them as like those kind of bands so like my introduction to quote unquote metal was like was like Static X and like uh, who who else? Um, yeah, like kind of like a lot of the heavier type of new metal bands. Not really so much the mainstream ones like the Linkin Parks and the System of a Downs, but like the, the lesser known uh, new metal bands. That was that was that was what was known as metal back then. So I started with that. I got into that. And then um, through that, how I really got into death metal was because this, like I said, this was back before the internet was, was high speed. So I would just go into stores and just randomly buy things if they were on sale or for, for a decent price. Um, so it was a mix of like the AOL chat rooms and then going to record stores and then seeing the covers of certain certain things and then seeing the name and seeing the logo and being like, what the, you know, what is this? Uh, okay, this sounds this sounds crazy. This looks crazy. All right, I'm just gonna buy it. Like, so, um, so yeah. A lot of the, so what happened was I ended up buying. Uh, I used to buy things online. One of the first albums I bought was uh, Molesting the Decapitated. <laughs> yeah. So I because of the cover. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that's a big jump, man. I don't even know if AOL would put that. Would would be allowed to put that on. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know what it was, so I was just I was just scrolling through like the relapse website at the time, and, and whatever. And then I saw that cover. I think the CD was like eight dollars on sale, so I bought that. I bought malignancy uh, cross uh, species transmutation. Uh, it was like vomit remnants. Um, nice, nice. So I had no, I, I had no idea. So like, I didn't know anything about this. I didn't have any friends who knew about this. So my introduction to bands was just like chat rooms. Uh, forums online and 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 uh, thank sheets. That a lot of it was just like thank sheets. So if I bought an album from a said band, I don't know, like a big band or something, and like I, I would read the lyrics, you know, learn some of the songs or whatever, 
and then I would just go to the thanks list and whoever was in the thanks list if the name sounded pretty decent I just I just bought whatever album I could find from it yeah, that's a, that's an old school way of doing it too. The thanks list. We actually had, <laughs> it, it's really funny because Thanksgiving is right around the corner, and we did a bonus episode about thanks lists like a year or two ago um, for the listeners, man. If they want to check that out, man. But but yeah, yeah those are extremely underrated. Yeah, you're, no, you're absolutely right, man. Um, especially this day and age. So now, then jumping ahead a little bit. I like I'm looking. You know, I looked on Metal Archives. Shout, shout out to Metal Archives. Uh, we're always up front that yeah, they're a big resource. Out. For the yeah, podcast definitely. here, amongst other websites, but um, 2008 they got you listed with Animals Killing People. 2009 is the first Humanity Falls demo. What comes first, or is there a band before those bands? Well, my first band, if you want to go through the history, is uh, Merciless Mutilation. We started that in 2004. Okay, Merciless Mutilation. Yeah, I um, I actually came across it. The stuff over the summer there's some music online you can check it out it's merciless mutilation at ydm i believe dot bandcamp.com but if you type it in on youtube you'll see there's a song there um that was from like one of one of our many many demos but yeah that was the first band i was in we started that like in my basement that was kind of like around the time that i told you i used to just buy albums and just randomly buy stuff so that that and then um on top of that like there was this uh there was a show on uh, the uh, the metal uh, on, on DirecTV. I, I had DirecTV at the time. Like, if you have cable TV, they have the music channels. So they had the metal there. Yeah. And there used to be a show called uh, Last Rites, I believe. And uh, so that was also another introduction into the uh, into the heavier music. But not to, I, I digress. The Merciless Mutilation, we started that in like 2004. I did vocals. It was like a three-piece. We were trying to go for more of like a skinless, like pig destroyer type of sound. Um, like with a little mortician dashed in there. So I started with that. And then I played in another band. It was called Kressel. We never really recorded anything. But I want to say that was like the genesis of like a lot of my work ethic and a lot of the things that I do now, like just like vocally and lyrically and a lot of stuff like that. Because um, when I joined that band, I had to learn seven songs in a week. <laughs> and what, what I mean by that is like, I literally got seven raw songs, six or seven raw songs. And coming to practice, I had a one week to come to practice to figure, figure all this out because I was under the assumption because I was like 16 or 17 at the time, I was under the assumption like, hey, this was a band I was actually trying to do something. So I learned all that stuff. And because this band was always, it had members that were way older than me, I thought I was gonna get laughed out the gym. So I had to come, I had to come with it. So that's, that's what I did. I came with seven songs that were written. And um, that's, that was the band I was in. We played a bunch of shows, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, so there's some people who might remember that band. And then from there, that that's where the transition to Animals Killing People uh, happened. I joined I joined Animals Killing People in August of 2008. And then uh, Humanity Falls. I joined Humanity Falls like in the winter of 08, early 09. Okay, and <clears throat> Humanity Falls. Yeah. And that was with Ammo. Do you, do you get, I get the impression, do you go back with Ammo... Um, uh, Horatio Amo Diaz, uh, like prior to um, being in bands, like were you guys friends from the neighborhood? Yeah, or something like that? yeah, yeah, we do. Um, actually, um, the band, the aforementioned band that I mentioned, Crustle, I actually met Amo there. 
Okay. He he came yeah he came to one of our shows and uh, that's how we met. I I don't want to say like that's how we where where we officially became friends so to speak, but that's where you know it was like we familiarized with each other because he he saw us like he was he he was feeling the music and things like that. So I want to say that's where I knew of him. But how Humanity Falls got started. Um, was uh there was a carpet show i believe in 08 i believe it was uh september of 2008 somewhere in there there was a carpet show at nokia theater and i saw him there and that's when and that's when like the whole thing with the band and all that started um and uh i was already in animals killing people and it was just kind of like how humanity fall started it was just like a couple just guys jamming stuff like that you know how it goes well and then um Okay, well, let, let me let me stop you for a minute because I want to ask a little bit. I was in for a very short time. Uh, I was in Andromorphous Rexalia, um, and it didn't work out because uh, for uh, for primarily because of geography, it was just a, a very far commute for me. And at that point, I just didn't have what it takes to commit to a band with Wilson um, because I have the utmost respect for Wilson of uh, Andromorphous Rexalia and Animals Killing People. Um, and his like dedication to his bands and his work ethic and how um, his vision for his bands and all that. I wasn't able to commit to it, so it didn't work out. I want to ask your impression uh, as a young man just getting into bands. You have a little experience under your belt, joining Animals Killing People and kind of um, ingratiating yourself into that circle. Because I know for me, it was a trip. It was it was a real experience um, jamming with those guys and rehearsing with them for a few months and seeing exactly how dedicated they were to everything they were doing. Um, at the time, to be honest with you, I didn't really care. I didn't really think about any of that <laughs> stuff. I just, I just thought of it as like, hey, I'm just about to play this music. And because... I don't know, I just felt, I just, I don't know, it was just like a weird confidence, like, I can't explain it, like, I just felt like these guys were sick as hell, and, like, I had to come with, like, it was just like, like, friendly competition kind of stuff, like, I know you guys are sick as hell, so I gotta be as sick as hell as you, if not better, and we gotta do as much as possible, so I never really, I never really felt nervous, I never really felt... I never really felt like anything at all other than like friendly competition. Like these people that I'm playing with are amazing, like, you know, instrumentalists and I got to come with it. Okay. So maybe more of an um, uh, inspired competition. Um, And I'm also just speaking to, um, uh, you know, just the dedication, man. Like, you know, it's like I said, I have a lot of respect for uh, those entities and for Wilson and for Joseph who uh, I, you know, will get to, you still are involved with musically. Um, now tell yeah, me, absolutely. I, I don't know, with Animals Killing People, did you do any extensive touring with them? I know they've been to Columbia and back several times and things like that. Yeah, when I joined in 08, um, uh, I want to give a shout out to Polo. He was the one who really hooked that, who, who really hooked that whole thing up anyway. So yeah, shout out to Polo. Um, I joined a band uh, right before we did a tour with uh, Jedi and Pigsty, that was that was like a little. So I joined the band. We did that tour. Um, <clears throat> we did a tour. We did the tour of Columbia, um, and we did a couple of other just like other random tours. I want just 
random tours around uh, Canada. Uh, we went down to Florida. So it was, it was it was a hefty, heavy amount of tour. And I, I was in the band for 2008 to 2011, 2012, somewhere in there. So was, yeah, it, was a, it was a good amount. It was a good amount of touring. Was that your first experience doing like heavy touring like that? Yeah. What uh? Could you like? Could you speak a little bit about that? Like like um, any kind of like just the maybe adjusting to the uh, the rigors of being on the road and. Um, performing every night, maybe culture shock, and um, uh, also about Colombia. I've I've heard some extreme stories about how popular metal, even brutal guttural metal, metal is in Colombia, and the numbers of people at concerts. Uh, could you just give us a little taste of what it was like um, uh, getting your first uh, rip into touring, being with the animals killing people? Yeah, it was a it was a definitely an experience I won't forget. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Metal down there is is a bit like a religion, so to speak. Like it's like a mass congregation, like of just metalheads, both male and female, and you know it's all equal. Everybody's getting down together, sweating together, jamming together. Uh, you know, it's not like it's it's not really trendy. Like they just do it for the love of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I wouldn't say I was really culture shocked or anything. Just being from New York, like how we are, I'm so used to just people, different forms and different uh, forms of life and different cultures and things like that. So just going down there, it just, it, it didn't feel anything different to me. It was just cool just to kind of just see how things are different, like Spanish and just the way of life and things like that. I feel like that things like that are just always good in general to have just personally, like, just to get you outside your box to see that, you know, the world is big and um, diversify yourself, you know, so. Fair enough, man. Um, and I, I, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I guess, you know, probably growing up out there, like you said, in New York City, you travel the whole city throughout the course of your life, different boroughs for different reasons and things like that and family. So you do come across lots of different cultures and people. I, I get that, man. It might Maybe for someone who didn't grow up in that type of environment, it might have been more jarring, you know. Yeah, yeah, you get you kind of get numb because you know you get on a train, you got an Asian lady, you got an Indian dude, you have like you know what I'm saying. So when you go to a country and it's like all one culture, it's just kind of like, all right, cool. Well, I want to know what type of foods you eat and you know like how do you guys live down here and things like that. So it's cool seeing that because it's 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 just way different, you know. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, so you went and you went to you said you went to Canada and you went to Europe. And then I go to Europe. Okay. I, yeah, I haven't been to Europe with, right. with any band that I've been with. Me neither, man. Yeah, uh, keeping at it, though. Um, so you're with Animals Killing People, and at the same time, that's when you guys start up Humanity Falls, also aside to that, around 2009 and then 2010, right? Yeah, so, two th- so, so 2000, I want to say like the, two, the end of 2008 is when I joined Humanity Falls, but... Ammo was already jamming with the drummer of uh, the initial drummer of Humanity Falls by the beginning. It was just like because I had me and Ammo were like already cool and like I was already familiar with him. And the drum, the original drummer of Humanity Falls was in the aforementioned Crestle Band that Ammo came to see. That you see the triangulation here. So, you know, it was kind of just like we all knew each other. We were just hanging out. I just happened to be there. 
I didn't really want to join the band. But <laughs> it just kind of happened that way. <laughs> Fair enough, man. And sometimes it does happen like that, though, man. You just know, you know, there's you know people. There's there's a need for a member of the band or something, and it happens, man. Yeah, I mean, I liked what they were what they were cooking up. So I, yeah, so I just said, hey, look, if I could help you guys, and then it just morphed into whatever you know what it morphed to more than to you know looking back at it, it was definitely above its time before it was time in different ways it, it is interesting stuff and i would encourage the listeners to go back and check out humanity falls that's curated on Bandcamp. um ordaining the apocalypse was the album uh if, if i got that right and um yes, sir. it's yeah it's it's you know it's just really interesting death metal uh with a new york twist but not like generic new york style i'll leave it at that if people no want slams yeah um now did you I- Humanity Falls. Do you guys did play out with that, right? Absolutely. You want how? Far Absolutely. We play. We we. Uh, yeah, we played that a lot from from the days of the demo all the way to the release of the album, and then and then thereafter. Um, so I want to say, if you was in the New York death metal scene, probably from New York, New Jersey. If you was if you was into that for for between the, the areas. Uh, the time frame of 2009 to 2011, you you might have seen or heard of us in some way or another. Um, so, you know, we played with a lot of bands. We played Suffocation, Malignancy, Malignant Creation, um, and things like that. You know, it's just trying to get back to the scene. So, okay, and and so I mean. Cool. So between 2008 and 2012, those four years, is it fair to say that those four years are extremely formative for you in the form of animals killing people and uh, humanity falls? Yeah, it's definitely a learning experience. What? Now, maybe this, like, let's phrase it like this um, from, from those formative years there. Let's say we got young listeners just starting a band, just starting to do vocals and death metal or any extreme genre or whatever. They want to get on the road. Like, like, what are a couple of things you learned that, that you wish somebody might have told you before you got into it or, or that you think are valuable for younger people getting into it now? I think I would say take use of the technology. Uh, I would say take heavy advantage of it and always, always invest in yourself because at the end of the day, um, yeah, at the end of the day, you definitely don't want to be job hopping. I just don't think that's a good idea, um, especially with, with the time that we're in right now. Um, definitely invest in yourself because if you don't invest in yourself and your craft and what you're doing, nobody's going to invest in you. No label will ever listen to you. No magazine will ever write about you if you don't invest in yourself. So, you know, pay that extra little bit of money to get the extra gear and pay that little bit of money to whatever. But do not pay to play the shows, though. There's uh, a no. difference. There's, no. there's a difference. <laughs> always, always, you always want to invest in, in what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? And you could always, you could always be right there playing with your favorite bands. It's, you know, they're people just like you. You know, I don't, I don't really exalt myself or feel special about anything that I've done. I'm just, at the end of the day, I'm just a fan. Man. I just really appreciate the music. I appreciate sick vocalists like you, like, you know, great guitar players, bass players, drummers, all that other stuff. And I just try to learn and just, you know, try to be amongst the people that I, 
I respect. I, I appreciate the compliment, man. Thank you, and and um, likewise, and and that, that's a great sentiment. I got to stop you there, though. Something you said: don't pay to play, or sometimes pay to play. It's not just a matter of directly paying uh, somebody to get on a bill. It comes in the form of selling those tickets. Um, sometimes uh, unreasonable numbers of tickets for a local opening bin. Did you learn that one the hard way? As in a form of me having to pay out of my own pocket? Yeah, yeah. Did you guys ever do that? <laughs> nah, man. You know how I go, man. You know, I mean, hey, look, if I ain't got it, I ain't got it. You can't drop love from the stone, man. <laughs> I love it. All right, man. There you, well, there you go. There you go. And don't do it um, if you're out there. I always, my my line with that was always t- um, telling people, don't, don't do that. Take that money that you would have spent on that and um, uh, make get some T-shirts made up or something like that and sell them at the DIY show that you play, you know? You'll be better off, I think. Yeah, I think with the way things are going, man, I think it might be best if, 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 if bands could pull it off. Try to, try to do a show online, man, if they haven't done it already. Yeah, well, it's like you said, taking advantage of the technology. I mean, I've seen, you know, they've had these online f- streaming fests, and some have been more successful than others. They're still playing with the format, trying to figure out what works. And now that shows are coming back, it's like this weird balance where now people are throwing all their energy back into shows coming back. And, and uh, you know, they a lot of, like, they started up those platforms during the, like, last year during the pandemic, and now they're going back to live. But, but, th- but then also, I just saw Black Dahlia murder and Rings of Saturn had to cancel a European tour just today or yesterday. Yeah, it's just my opinion, but I don't really think any band should be going out to Europe right now. It, yeah, I mean, I mean well, look, <laughs> if, if, <laughs> if, if nah, I'm not. <laughs> If but, Rings of Saturn and Black Dahlia Murder had to cancel, then uh, it's 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 above my uh, pay grade. You know what I'm saying, man? I don't know, but yeah. um, but I also would like to say shout out to Internal Bleeding though because they definitely uh, they definitely did that tour. Um, they yes. was they was one of the first like uh, they did a tour with Deicide a little while back earlier this summer, spring summer, and it was it was like during a time where where everybody was first 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 open, and um. Seemed like everything went without a hitch. I went to go see them when they came around here in my town, and it, and it was a great show. So I just want to, I want to say, uh, I want to thank them for a great time. Okay, and you don't mind me saying you you reside in Pittsburgh now, right? Yes, sir. Okay, I, I, I want to get to that, and you know, you spoke. Uh, we've spoken at length already about New York City so much, so I want to get to that transition and um, uh, talk about the Pittsburgh scene a little bit. But before we do that, what I was kind of building up to now. When we talked about um, 2008 to 2012, your experiences with animals killing people, going to Columbia, going to Canada, Humanity Falls gets out there, opens up for a lot of bigger names. Um, and is it 2012 or 13? You joined uh, Chicago-based death metal band Geigen. I joined in 2012. 2012. Um, and uh, that that's Eric Hertzman, um, right, is the main uh, character behind that band, right? Yes, sir. Okay, I challenge my own uh, brain cells sometimes because I owe that man a lot. He, uh, Geigen took Artificial Brain and Piron out, and I believe it was 2014, mm-hmm. challenging my brain yeah. again. 
Um, yeah, it's uh, a great, great band. Yeah, great I, band. I, I, I respect them. I want to, I want to get a little bit of your um, experience now, your, your perspective. Though, let's talk about how do you come to join Geigen? Why coming around full circle? It goes back to what I was saying about being a fan, about pre- appreciating and just respecting people. So I was just, I was a, I was a fan, I was a fan of the band first. Um, I found out about the band through Ammo. <laughs> so, so shout out to Ammo. But yeah, like uh, I found out about the band through Ammo. Um, went to go see them. The band, the guy in, uh, they liked our music. When we did Humanity Falls. We we actually played a show with them, and uh, they were they were down a vocalist, and that's that's pretty much how I ended up in the band. Um, I did, yeah, that's that's pretty much how I ended up in the band. Long story short. Okay, and you. Like I know that you're you're on the Geigen album, multi-dimensional uh, fractal sorcery and super science. Um, yes, sir. Which was recorded with Sanford Parker, who's a fairly notable producer, member of Minsk. He was in that band Twilight, um, Chicago-based. So let's talk a little bit. I, I imagine there was a fair amount of commuting you had to do between New York and Chicago uh, just to accomplish that album and to get acquainted with the songs and be in the band, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, what I would do was I would just fly out to Chicago and just rehearse the songs, maybe for a weekend or so, and then just fly back out. And uh, we probably do that maybe, I don't know, maybe every quarter or so. Okay. Yeah, maybe every every three months or so. Uh, and then when it came down to the album, we just we went to the studio and recorded the album, and then that was it. What was that experience like recording with Sanford Parker? Was that um, uh, a more professional experience than you were used to, like studio wise, or? Um, definitely, it was definitely a lot of things that I learned. Um, the environment was definitely a lot different than I was used to being in Illinois. Um, so I just want to throw that one out there. That's a very interesting uh, place that we were at because I really didn't eat anything for, for the recording session other than Subway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that. I just remember just drinking a lot of Three Floyds Brewery uh, and eating solo. But um, yeah, that, yeah, that, it was a great experience. Everybody in the band was great. Sanford did an amazing job. Eric is an amazing uh, musician. Of all, like, I don't even know what to say. Um, and I enjoyed my time. It was a great experience. Did Did you get to travel with Geigen? Yeah, we did a tour. Uh, we did. I did a short tour with them, and we played Scion Rock Fest. That was in 2013. Yeah, that dude. What was the deal with that Scion? The car company was dipping heavily into promoting in the ex- extreme yeah, metal scene. All, they, yeah, they put out that. They put out that emulation EP, Providence. Yeah, they did an amazing job. They and did they, an amazing job with it. They were in Brooklyn one night handing out Scion socks. I still have a pair. Yeah, they. Yeah, I have a pair. I think of they had a socks. couple of compilations too. Yeah, I, well, I'm more excited about the socks because they fit me right. But the compilations, <laughs> the emulation, every, every that was all dope too. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, it was that was a weird thing for a while. Scion was like doing that for their PR, but um, but that's cool. I mean, everybody benefited from it, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, they definitely did. They uh, they had they had all of Memphis pretty much. It was it was all mellowed out, man. It was great. Yeah, it was it was a great time, great city. I think Testament played. Uh, who else played? Um, there was a lot of great bands I played that show. It's a lot of great bands I played. Awesome, man. Um, and now I, I think we might be getting to when the when did you relocate to Pittsburgh? I relocated in twenty seventeen. Okay, all right. So, Geigen, two thousand thirteen. Um, the album comes out. Humanity Falls um, doesn't really have much activity past that point, so there's a few years there. Uh, I don't know. We we could also edit this, by the way, but do you want to get into relocating to Pittsburgh? Um, uh, I don't know if you want to talk about why it came about or just what what the difference is and, you know, like uh, if you have history there or not. Because I'm just interested in the pros and cons from someone I know from New York who's who's relocated. Um. We could edit this out. We could do. We could do how, however you'd like to do it. But um, we'd have to go back a little bit. So um, we had a little bit of a falling out. Uh, I want to say in like 20, 2011, where Humanity Falls. I decided to proceed further with the band, and I took on um, drum and vocal duties, and I learned drums. Um, there was a uh, there was a recording that we recorded of an EP that was supposed to come out, but we lost the we lost the recordings in Hurricane Sandy. And that's why it never came out. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So so I believe Hurricane Sandy happened in uh, 2012. Yes. September, September, October 2012. Well, whenever well, whenever that happened was the weekend that we were supposed to finish the mixing and mastering of <laughs> that EP. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it was right around Halloween 2012, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Man. So, <laughs> so, so, yeah, man. What, so, yeah, what happened? Lost, was, was it like a computer lost in a flood or something? Or Well, where we recorded at was that, uh, if I remember the name, it was Trackstar Studios in Staten Island. And um, the studio got, like, flooded out. Like, they got damaged in the uh, Hurricane Sandy. So, you know, all, all the files was on the computers there. They were all damaged. Oh, so. man. Yeah, Rick, who is uh, who's in Gray Skies Fallen and in Reeking Aura and Buckshot Facelift with me, man, he's got a terrible story he told once on the show about losing all his records and his, uh, I think he had a Camaro or something, everything in the flood, man. All, that, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. People from, he was on Staten Island. I think there was, um, no, I think the actual building had, like, because it was right off, it was right off the water. Like, if, uh, you know, you're familiar with New York, you just get off the Staten Island Ferry, mm, you could yeah. literally just walk to the studio. So, you know, with all that water and the wind and all that stuff, like, the building was completely demolished. Damn. All right, man. Um, well, with like like you said, with editing, I just want to be respectful of your privacy. I don't like to pry, you know, too much. And, and if people want, want something oh. uh, um, clipped, you know, that's fine. But Yeah, no, that's, that's not a problem. But just but so just getting into Pittsburgh a little bit, you relocate to Pittsburgh uh, from New York City. L- let's talk a little bit about uh, you know what's that like moving to a new city, um, trying to ingratiate yourself into the local metal scene and and see what's going on and and just and not even the metal scene but just see what's going on in general and adjust, man. Like let's talk about that. Um, well, my adjustment it was it was it was different. 
Um, but how I ended up moving over here is is for work. Um, so so basically, I'm a I'm a truck driver, and I used to come here for work all the time to deliver, um, deliver for Amazon. So that's that's how I really ended up just coming here all the time. And over time, I just ended up liking what I saw, and because of the price of living here. The cost of living was was lower. I just decided to take a gamble. Um, I also like where it was, geography, you know, on the map. Um, it's it's not that far from Cleveland. It's not that far from New York either. Driving, it's not that far from Philly. It's not that far from Boston. Um, you can get to all these places in the same day, you know, by by uh train, like driving. So I just it was just it was just a good 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 spot for me. Um, at the time, but the scene the scene here is great. Got great bands like Post Mortal Possession, Haraka, uh, the bands um, got Jordan, Disgruntled, Anthropophagy, um, Impervious Mutation. So there's a lot of stuff happening here. We're getting things kicking up. Okay, man, and and coincidentally, um, if I got it right, Joseph Luciano, who w- was in New York City, uh, playing with animals, killing people in Andromorphous Rexalia, uh, already uh, had relocated to Pittsburgh um, prior to that, right? Yeah, he did. He was he was here. He was here before I got here. He's been here for for a little while now. Okay, and just for the listeners, he's a multi instrumentalist who, like I said, was a member of Andromor is still a member of Andromorphous Rexalia. Um, also, in a whole long list of bands um, that people he used to be in animals killing people too. Yeah, animals killing people, uh, mortal flesh. I mean, I'm looking at Metallum, it goes on and on. Uh, much respect to Joseph. Uh, I always knew him to be a, a great guy, uh, very respectful and a talented musician. And you're currently uh, in Abolishing the Ignominous uh, with Joseph, right? Yeah, Ignominious. Ignomin- I, I, I tried my hardest, bro. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. It happens to all of us. Abolishing the Ignominious. Okay. Um, and that's a band located out of Pittsburgh. And you guys, uh, recently, you had the full length. You make it hard on me, man. Vocifer- vociferous <laughs> obsolescence. Vociferous obsolescence. Vociferous obsolescence. Obsolescence in 2017. Um, yes, but this sir. year, you made it a little bit easier with me uh, by putting out the single <laughs> Forged by Inherent Debauchery, uh, 2021 single, man. Um, so after all these years, uh, you reunite with Joseph um, in uh, 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 Pittsburgh, and you guys have another band that's, uh, you know, for listeners, for people who are familiar with animals killing people or, uh, you know, that, that sort of band, it's not a far cry. It's, uh, you know, still brutal and guttural death. You want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, abolishing and ignominious. Uh, I want to say it was a little bit of a transition from, um, you know, Geigen. Uh, when I did Geigen, um, unfortunately, I want to say uh, my, my time in that band was a little, too, you know, cut too short. So I definitely took some time away and had to focus on myself and just try to invest in myself. So I took some time away from the music thing for a little bit. And um, I want to say around 2016, Joe contacted me about trying to do something. He said he wanted to try something that was like the scores and experimentation. So those are two of my favorite bands. So I was all ears. And, um, you know, what came of that was, was, was vociferous of soul since I recorded that maybe like a day or two after I moved here. So, huh. um, you know, that's, that's kind of how like we, we, 
we reunited, we we always reunite through the music in some way or another. So it's a good it's, it's a good unifying um, force for music that was. Okay, man. Um, now you touched on something, and again, we can always edit out anything um, you want, but. You know, I've been in plenty of positions in my life. My, my very first band in high school, Cursed Earth, that uh, broke up um, so that those two guys could join Dehumanized briefly. Since then, I've had many other fallings out. By you know, I've 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 been very public on the podcast about Biolich breaking up and the fallout with that. I know what it's like to be in a position where you're not in your band anymore that you put a lot of dedication into, and you and you spoke very candidly just now about investing in yourself. I don't know if you want to talk, um, uh, maybe not even specifically, but just maybe to our, again, to our younger listeners, younger musicians, younger artists who are putting their whole heart into underground death metal or any genre about what you mean by investing in yourself. Um, I know there's a lot of things I wish I had listened to my father when I was in my 20s about um, education, saving money, all sorts of things. I don't know if that's where you're getting at. That's exactly what I'm getting at because we're in a pandemic, man. This is like the fight for survival right now, bro. And, um, you know, when everything when everything has transpired, it, it's literally made me look at things in a complete business sense because in a really messed up way, I mean, this is how the people who are at the top kind of look at it. They look at everything like a business. How is everything running? how everything has to be streamlined, smooth, and down to the numbers. So that's exactly how you have to approach your band. That's because there's so many bands out here, people don't have time to invest in you. So you have to put it inwards. And when you put it inwards, whether it's through money, well, it's, it's gonna have to be through money, but you have to do the money plus the time, whatever time you have. Like, you, you have to invest in that. You can't just phone it in, you know, uh, go to the studio, spend all this money, do all the, you know, do all the, the traditional stuff, and then expect that people are just going to flock to you. No, you have to bring it to them. And you, and you have to be vociferous with it. That's, you know, and that's, that's, that's you know, that's kind of like the... Um, the, the meaning behind the, the title of the album, you know, Vociferous and huh. Solacists. You know, it, it's just like my belief that this style of brutal death metal, the blasting in your face, evil sounding, uh, corrupt, hate, hateful sounding music that, that I started listening to when I was younger and I was like 11, 12 years old, that sound, that sound is of a dying breed. So it's becoming obsolete, and we gotta, we gotta, we gotta bring that back, man, in a big way. Do you do you often code, so to speak, uh, meanings in in your lyrics and song titles using um, uh, these these very exaggerated uh, um, uh, long words um, that that are very, or is or is it or is it a means to try to stand out from other bands in this age where there's so many uh, death metal. Um, uh, stereotypes of corpses and demons and things like that. No, I definitely code it because <laughs> because I like I said, like I look at everything from like a, a controlled elite Illuminati type of standpoint. So I approach things like how if I was an elite, so to speak. I know it's kind of messed up, but so I, I code I code things. So things have so I leave it up to you to figure it out. 
I know what it means. Things have double meanings. So I, I approach it kind of like a biblical, like like the Bible kind of kind of a way. Like with the Bible, I, you can literally give the hand the Bible to somebody, and it's up to them to figure it out. They have to go to church, and the, and the, and, the, and the preacher has to preach it to you, and all that other stuff. And that that might be how you get your understanding. But if you were to hand a Bible to someone and tell them to figure it out, they wouldn't be able to, or they would have a hard time figuring it out. That so that's how I do things lyrically. All right, man, that's interesting, and that's that's good to know. Getting into uh, your music, and now speaking of that, I'm going to let you pronounce this one. Let's talk about. Uh, your newest project, um, who you just uh, put out a, a release by. I'm, I'm going to let you say because I'm, I'm getting all of them wrong. A nomination? Uh, vo- vul- wait, wait, wait. Now there's another one? Because I'm talking about Volnifix. No, no, no. The, the, uh, a nomination is the name of the release that we're coming out with this Friday. Okay, for from abolishing the ignominious. Ignomin- no, 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 no. A nomination is coming out by Volnificus. Volnificus. That's V-U-L-N-I-F-I-C-U-S, if I got that one right, at least. Um, yes, sir, you did. Okay. And let's talk about that one a little bit, man. Um, uh, that's with... I got I got the... That's uh, W... Uh, I can't read my own handwriting here. W... Sherls. Sherls here um, is the instrumentalist, and you're doing vocals. Tell us about this band and the origins of this. What's today? November twenty second. Um, this band is less than a month old, man. Like, uh, it's just like I met I met Wilson online. Um, he's playing a show with uh, Joseph uh, in a, about a couple weeks, and um, he plays. Wilson plays another band called Eurotherapy. Shout out to Wilson. I want to give. Um, so yeah, they're playing a show together. Hate Icon. Impervious Mutation, The Two Parade, uh, Eurotherapy, and another band that I apologize, I can't remember right now. But they're playing a show, so I just went to just like show some support, just repost, or whatever the case is. And uh, Wilson, he reached out just saying thank you, and then we just started talking. And um, that's that's how Volnificus came, came to be, I just... Just wanted to try something different, something that was really just back to the essence of what Brutal Death Metal is all about. Just um, minus the slams and a lot of a lot of the uh, filler that's uh-huh. going on. Now, um, having come up in the New York death metal scene, um, and you know, we we talk about in the podcast a lot how like traditionally when people said New York death metal back in the day, they were talking more about the slam oriented stuff, the suffocation, internal bleeding, pyrexia, dehumanized. Um, nowadays, where slam is almost like a, a a parody of itself with some some bands that come out. Um, did, like, have you like I, I've kind of come around to the younger generation of slam, but I feel like 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 much of death metal, it's also saturated. Uh, it's hard to find the the good stuff. What's your take on wh- having watched it get to the point now where breakdowns <laughs> and slams? And death metal. Are you sure you want to go down this route? Well, yeah. Well, like I said, like I said, we can edit it. Let's talk. Let's talk. <laughs> oh man, I, I just I, I really try my best to avoid sounding like an elitist, but it's like I've watched. I feel like I'm watching the fall of man or something. Like it's like <laughs> it's like 
I, I, I literally had this discussion earlier. I am always in the quest for looking for new, fresh, brutal, heavy shit. Like, like I listen to a whole bunch of other music. Like, I've, I've gone, I've grown to like a whole bunch of different styles of music, like rap and you know things like that. Like, so when I come back to what I love, like the most, which is the brutal death metal shit, like. I don't want to hear anything that sounds similar to something else. So that's what I've been noticing. I've been noticing that a lot of bands that call themselves or label themselves one thing are nothing like what they call themselves. Like, um, to be honest, I'm not really a fan of this band, but they're really popular right now. And it's, it's Archfire. I'm not really a fan of like they're talented musicians but i they're just not my thing they're not my cup of tea but you know i don't really i just think they're death metal like that are just they just played at a high intensity high technical type of level but i don't you know people calling them technical death metal i just nah i'm not really feeling it like i feel like we need to go back to the answers you know there's a lot of bands that just you could tell just from hearing them and how they compose that they are not people who are like me and you who listen to the to the effigies and play that shit till it was like yo frank mullen is in your dreams bro <laughs> like <laughs> like you know the butchered at birth no it's it's the you know like people are listening to i don't know like deathcore or or uh you know, the job for cowboys and the white chapels. And so that started mm. to creep in. There's no, there's, you know, bad, we got in the middle. Like, if you even thought about sniffing a choo choo, like, bro, you can't play that shit. You gotta, nah, bro, you can't, you can't, you can't slam. You're not suffocation. You can't slam. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But now it's like, <laughs> I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, you could not, you couldn't slam like that. You, you had to be good to slam. Like the good band slammed, and you knew, you had to know when to do it. Mm. You know, now it's just like we have whole albums, whole bands, whole discographies that essentially have abominable trinity, environment, dysentery, and internal bleeding parts. Like, where are the cannibal corpse, DSI, suffocation, clones? Like, where did those go? I'm not really sure. But it's it's not balanced. That's 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 the perfect way to to, to, to say it. it's not balanced. You don't have your, your your super death thrash bands anymore. You don't have your super satanic bands anymore. And then you got your your slammy bands. No, it's just for the most part, it's just super slammy bands and just bands that sprinkle in like everything else from everything I just mentioned that are not slam. Hmm. Loaded, loaded. All right. Um. I gotta break that down some more. But I, I'm just not. Yeah. yeah, keep going, keep going if you want. Get it all out. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. So I was explaining this. Yo, I've been listening to this for so long. I can explain. It. It's like if you take your your like cattle decapitation type of vocals, like the dual vocals, like the cattle decapitation, Black Dahlia murder type of uh, vocals maybe sprinkle in the spies icon on the breakdowns maybe and then you have like 
the high speed techie origin like uh echoes of decimation antithesis album type of shit yeah you, you sprinkle that in maybe and then uh if you want to get like super fancy and super quote unquote progressive you sprinkle in like your death and your necrophages in there and then like you fucking <laughs> Do I sound accurate so far? Why you got to come at my boy Rob Wharton and Cognitive like that? Listen, <laughs> man, come on. Come on. Shout, shout to the boy. I'm busting balls because that's the only person I could bust balls <laughs> like that. But listen, it's um, uh, you're, you're definitely talking about a certain, not cognitive, I'm busting balls. I want to make that clear. I'm making a joke. But you are talking about a formulaic commercial approach to quote-unquote death metal that has has definitely like seen a huge rise in this day and age. The I I'm gonna put it this way, man. I doing the podcast these last few years, I've become a lot more open minded. I've tried to look at things from a different perspective, but I know it. There's an elitist in my heart that feels everything you're saying and wants to put an air horn behind all this. But I yeah. I look at it like this because I've seen this younger generation come up now of people that are in their late teens and twenties, mid twenties now to late twenties even who have gotten into death metal uh, by way of the uh, hardcore scene, the death of the deathcore scene. Um, a lot of people exposed to this stuff uh, by way of your, like Ben Gisele, like Black Dahlia murder, cattle decapitation, the White Chapels, yeah. the, the Carnifexes yeah. of the world, all these bands that you and I, I it's, you know, it was, first of all, it was it was a little bit later for my generation. I'm a little bit older than that generation that, that all that stuff was out for, but uh, you know, we were we, yeah. We played show. We played uh, a lot of shows with a lot of those type of bands. So you know, I, I've seen a lot of this stuff. Well, but that type of stuff ends up being a gateway, and I feel like without all those bands that you and I might not have in our collection as much, um, we wouldn't have this newer generation coming up who do show an appreciation. Um, uh, if not an ingenuity to 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 advance the genre as much, but an appreciation uh, for the early '90s style of doing things, for the more raw analog style of doing things. You have like the scene coming up under uh, Blood Incantation is kind of waving the flag for that OSDM movement, which I'm hopeful that in a few years this saturation of young bands is going to lead to those musicians um, uh, doing something more to progress the genre. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like um, just going back to the previous topic with like the slam and the brew of death metal, I just feel like in general, a lot of bands just need to start writing what comes to them and what they feel and, and just how it naturally comes instead of just compiling a bunch of riffs and then just putting them <laughs> together and, and then calling them songs and then making them and then I, I just you can just you can just kind of just hear it at this point. Like I mean, this we're in a pandemic. I've had nothing but time to listen to this music. So like, it, you could just like, they're just not songs. Like you call it songs, but I know that they're just riffs. Like so, I just feel like we just need to go back to like just writing songs that feel like songs. Like you know what I'm saying? Like when you put on an album. And I sit down for forty minutes and I listen to this. Like I want to, I want it to feel like an experience, like a movie. Mm, I like that, man. Um, that's what I look for too, in a lot of respects and a lot of uh, listening experiences. Now, let me ask you this: um, You can't be all the way cynical uh, at this point, man. Um, or maybe you can. 
What do you see coming out now? Are there any younger bands or maybe newer material released by older bands? What's going on right now that you do like what you see? Well, I like I like that because of the internet. And, you know, there are people who are taking advantage of it. Like, you know, the brutal death metal as a whole. I mean, it's, it's way hotter now than it's ever been. If you really just read between the lines, like there are way more people who would listen to this stuff now than they would when I got into it because people just called it like blastivation all day. Like, what is going on? Like, I don't like this band. Like, like a lot of the bands that I got into, like back in like I don't know '05 or something, like people are listening to them now. Like Rodakin, for example, yes. like the fact that like so many people are into that band now is like, what the hell? Like, I'm so, I'm so glad that people are finally catching on to what the select few were catching on to back then. Like, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to that band. I love that band. Like, you know, so many people relate to that band. Yes, and you know, I I feel the same way, especially when I see younger people, um, people 10, 15 years younger than me, uh, talking about scattered remnants. You know what I mean, man? Yeah, and like malignancy, you know, you go see malignancy now, there's like, there's actually like a whole crowd of people, like, and they deserve it. That's awesome. Yeah, most definitely. A hundred percent, man. So, like, yeah, I, you know, it's weird, man, because I definitely have an elitist inside of me. And I've said very publicly on the show a, a lot of times, and I, I, I'll say it again, I am waiting for death metal to get less popular than it is right now. I'm waiting for it to boil down and bubble down a little bit from this, this like, OSDM and deathcore and a million, a million flavors of death metal thing and to maybe kind of be less popular for a bit. Maybe hardcore takes over again or something. I don't know what's what it is or pop punk. I don't know what it's going to be. Some weird like some weird genre that combines rap and electronic music that I don't even know about from that's going to make me feel even older. But like I just need death metal to boil down a little bit and get a little less popular, you know what I mean? I'm actually I'm actually in disagreement with you. Mm-hmm. I actually I actually want to see the exact opposite. Go, I want to see ahead. death metal band. I want to see more Cannibal Corpses and Ace Ventura Pet Detectives. <laughs> I want to see more of that. Uh, what was that? Discouraging paranormal activity, dude. The music that we play is the soundtrack to fucking hell. Dude. Are you serious? We there is bands. There are so many bands that are talented right now that could be monetizing everything that they do every no for every section in every bar there should be suffocations I, there should be no reason why suffocation can't be playing a halftime show or something like that man with the right amount of people with the right push i know it sounds crazy as hell but it goes back to what i was saying about the non-cynical part about like you know this shit being hot dude if there's people if scion remember scion, remember scion picked this shit up mm-hmm Remember, Scion was putting out the emulation stuff. Remember, imagine if that was a company like Tesla. Yeah, well, I look. That's what I'm saying, man. I, I don't know, man. I think this shit is here to stay, dude. This shit is here to stay. It's not going nowhere. The sky is the limit. The only thing that's left is the true need to start to come out and put these people 
essentially back in their place. The true need to come back and we need to and they need to come out and stop trying to cash grab it for everything and just play what's really true and it's always and people will buy it. Always. I, I think there's merit to what you're saying. I think the disconnect is well, when Cannibal Corpse was in Ace Ventura, I don't know that death metal wasn't as popular then as it is now with, with the younger generation, and there wasn't as many death metal bands. Come. Maybe I could be wrong, but I feel like there's so many bands, younger bands coming up now, putting out material on YouTube, on Bandcamp, on Spotify, on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. It's like a saturation point. I'm not talking about suffocation or cannibal corpse or immolation. Those bands are great. There's like, look, I mean, I, I do the podcast every week because I love death metal. But what I'm saying is at this point, it's getting hard to see the forest through the trees. Maybe I'm looking for the right metaphor here, but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it's or like maybe it's like there's uh, um, uh, it, it, it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack, trying to find the right band nowadays because there's a oh, new yeah, album absolutely. every day. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I, I yeah. don't. Know, I don't know what needs Definitely to happen, but there's just so many bands and so many releases. I think that might be one of the downfalls. Like I, I agree with you on the information age, um, the the spread of music. Bands don't have to rely on labels as much anymore. That's all great. I'm not downplaying any of that. But one of the um, side effects of all that is that you do have like, if you want to just look up new death metal releases on Bandcamp um, or on yeah, Spotify, or on whatever yeah, plat- platform of choices, it's crazy, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, oh yeah, I've been doing it all week. It's and and, and that's that's what, what the struggle I'm having is. I want to find a new band that's you know like that's just nutty. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like that just. It's just nutty. Like I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's it's a little difficult. I'm not saying that the bands are bad. It's just well, yeah, I it's... I had this discussion with someone the other day. It's not elitist to keep going back to the old classic albums and to keep trying to find the older albums from the '80s and '90s and even early 2000s that you might have missed because. I'm not saying I'm not going to be like the the 40 year old guy saying oh it was just better back then da, 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 whatever whatever you want to say there's great stuff coming out now but that music has been around long enough that it's been written about you can find reviews you can find people who've based genres on it other bands that have uh, revered it as inspiration like you know you can just go back to a lot of those classic earache records like Bolt Thrower carcass uh early releases mm-hmm. they've been written about in books like the swedish death metal and the finnish death metal mm-hmm. books you know what i mean you just can't say that mm-hmm. about an album that came out last year no matter how good it is so there's there is some merit to kind of doing your homework and that's what a lot of people are doing nowadays too well i've been doing that myself because there's a lot of albums from a lot of bands that i really didn't like when they came out or i just didn't like in general and um, I just go back to it. I'm like, oh, okay, this isn't really, this isn't really as bad as I thought it was. Like, what the hell was I thinking? Like, you know what I'm saying? So there's, there's always that element. Like, what you hated at the time, you won't, you won't hate later. So, you know, things always get good in that, in that aspect. So, you, do you want to share maybe just one of those albums that you didn't like back in the day, but, but now you got a more appreciation for? want to say the harness and ruin record from immolation man that's that album has a really weird sound to it huh. that i really i never really liked the record um i actually really didn't like the band for the longest time 
to be honest. It wasn't until I actually saw them um, that I actually appreciated them as a whole because because that yeah i want to say that too as a as an aside too um that's another piece of advice i would give too like if a band doesn't sound entirely good on record you should definitely still go see them play if there are elements of that shit that you do like because some of the times the bands just can't afford you know they don't have the best uh you know budget for the recording so it sounds better in person 100 percent yeah, I, I think that's especially in the underground death metal scene. That's that's more often than not the case. I think. Yeah, yeah, a lot of bands sound better in person than recorded. Uh, so how? Well, speaking of that, man, I've, um, I I know that your bands that you're involved now are um two man uh, projects. Um, so I don't know that that you do play live or have intentions to play live. But what's it like <laughs> in 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 Pittsburgh? Are shows back? Have you been to shows? And maybe you could answer that if there's any intention to perform live with your bands. The last time, the, the last time I went to a show was actually I saw Piron. So shout out to them. Um, they came, they came by here like maybe a month or so ago. Um, so that was cool. That was the last show I've been, I've been, I went to. There's been a lot of shows happening. I just haven't been going to them because I've been, I've been working a lot. Like I, I've just been focusing on just growing as like an individual. So um, that, that's why I took a lot of time like, away from diving and stuff like that, just to kind of just focus on myself, get my affairs in order so that, you know, when it came time to do this music thing again, I could be, I could be full headed and not just like quitting bands and quitting jobs just because, you know, because of money or whatever the case is, like there's no outside distractions. It's just the only thing that I got going on is just work. And once I have, once I have, no no work then it's time to play so that's really what what it's been like for the last like, five years or so i think that's a commendable uh attitude and a commendable commendable perspective especially again uh, i don't want to be um uh beat a dead horse again but it's you know it's it's like uh, uh for our younger listeners man you know i was just talking to a guy um, in one of my bands, I'm not going to call them out, but you know, we were just reflecting on how we, you know, now that we're in our thirties, uh, we wish that we, when we were in our late teens, early twenties, we listened to our father's advice more about, um, getting a job, saving, just get, you know, get, getting a career minded job, uh, stacking your money, um, taking care of a lot of bills and a lot of things so that, you know, you're, you're, you're more established yeah. uh, later on, you know, it's yeah. very, yeah. very, get, t- rid the, get rid of the debts and all that other silly stuff. Very typical things that we think about later on in, our, in life that we, you know, the same stuff that generations have been telling that the young guys and the young guys haven't been listening, and now we're the same. Now we're turning into the older guys. But um, well, yeah, because for me it was like when I did it younger, just just to kind of also answer your question too. Um, when I was younger and stuff like that, I kind of knew what I had to do, but I knew that I was kinda, I was young, so I still had a little bit of wiggle room. So I just tried to uh, maximize and optimize like the most I could do, which is why I was in I was in so many bands at the time. But you know, by the time I had got to Dagen, I was about like ten years into doing it, and so uh, I don't know. I just kind of felt like I didn't really see the fruits of my labor, so I just decided to just take a little little breather just to kind of figure that out and then come back to it, you know, head on. Fair enough, man. And, I, you know, I know people who've, who've done the same thing, man. Um, I've done it in certain respects, though I still got to get my act together in a lot of respects. Um, and it's just good to hear that, man. People need a real-life perspective in underground death metal, you know? Uh, and, yeah, and And definitely. now, 
Speaking of that, um, we've covered a lot of ground here. Um, I'll just remind the listeners that uh, the Humanity Falls material is on Bandcamp. Um, it was Kentucky Fried Killing uh, was the Animals Killing People record that you sang on, right? Um, no, that's actually Justin from Orchidectomy who's on the vocals on that. Um, the album, if I remember, the album got re-released and there's no tracks with me on that. But for the first pressing of that album, I'm on like the... Um, I'm on like the uh, hitting tracks. There's like, uh, yeah, I'm on hitting tracks. It's live. It's like the live performance that I that that I did with them. The first show I did, they do put it on the um, first pressing of the album. So I'm on that. But the oh, only okay. real, the only real release that I'm technically on is the uh, split with Andromorphous. Okay. All right. So I got that wrong in the notes. Um, but but there's that merciless mutilation. It was the aberration EP, right? Yes, um, yes that's, that's out there. Uh, and I, you know, I, I neglected to mention this. Uh, there was a project called Salo uh, Salo in 2012. Salo, uh, yeah. Mangia Merida and Morte EP. Yeah, there's an EP. I'm on vocals on that. Um, that that's when I was doing the black metal. So like I had told you, I started learning drums. After the after the little uh, falling out from the humanity fall, so I had took on the drumming, and um, the style was more of like a Dustbell Omega type of like inhalation incantation type of style. So uh, I, I learned to do drums and vocals for that. Um, I did drums and vocals for Solo. Um, on the on the EP though, however, I'm not on the drums for that. I'm just on vocals. But I did take on I did take on. Um, the drums like after it was recorded like we did a whole tour like a two-week tour and i played i played drums and did vocals and stuff like that huh. so okay and that and I, I i noticed andrew hurtado was in that band yeah he was okay yeah, shout, shout to out to, shout out to andrew man i hope he's doing well yeah yeah andrew hurtado yeah friend of the show uh, I, I noticed he's in a band mrsa uh it's listed now i have to i have to check back and haven't seen him in a while um, but we hope oh, he's doing wow. well. Oh, I didn't even know he was still playing, and that's so great to know. That's in Metal Archives. Again, Metal Archives, man. So if it's in Metal Archives, it's got to be true. Um, well, I don't think Volnificus is there yet. <laughs> you, you took the words out of my mouth. A few weeks ago. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. If Metal Archives is listening, Volnificus is not in there. Um, and what, again, is going to be the name of the release coming out soon? The release coming out on Black Friday is titled A Nomination, and you can check out the single. It's called Induced Rampage. Okay, and that is uh, that. Uh, you guys have the normal, uh, typical social media and streaming platforms? Yes, we got Facebook, Instagram, and we got Bandcamp. And we're going to be on all streaming, Spotify, uh, Apple, you know, all the, all the goodies, all the streaming goodies. So y'all can take that for free. Um, that's going to be up there for free on uh, streaming and everything. That's going to be up there on Friday, too, as well. We got a premiere that's coming out on Slam Worldwide. That's at midnight. So midnight Friday, that's when the floodgates open. Okay, man. And abolish it. So after the, your I'm... turkey. After your turkey, after the stuffing, you know, football and all that, you know, tune in. Tune in to the song. Tune, into, to the, the tune into some brutal death metal. Back to the essence, death metal. Um, right. and, and I'm going to try it one more time. Abolishing the uh, ignominious. Ignominious. All right, that was closer. All right. Uh, f- forged by Inherent Debauchery is the latest single, and you can go back and check out that vociferous obsolescence. 
Absolutely. Come on, man. They're just going to read it on Bandcamp or, or, or punch it. <laughs> yeah, man. Go hey, back. man. When you listen, when you listen, when you listen, you got to learn, man. So, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a learning experience, man. You got to know. You got to learn. You got to learn some things with the music. Man. Yes, and we encourage you to do um, to learn uh, all of your linguistics um, by, ch- by checking out these bands uh, and, and everything else we talked about, man. And you can hear... Um, Estin on like like we mentioned, Geigen's multi-dimensional fractal sorcery and super science album. Um, you, you sang on uh, all that stuff, uh, and um, just before uh, we let you off the hook and ask you to recommend some music, um, just anything else that I might have failed to promote from your projects or anything you got going on that you want to plug. Um, let's see. Like I said, uh, the only thing I got going on right now is just abolishing the ignominious. We have a new single out right now called Forged by Inherent Debauchery. Um, that's out on Lord of the Sick Recordings. We are currently in the process of trying to cook up a new album right now. Uh, hopefully, that'll see the light of day in 2022. And then Volnificus, we just signed with New Standard Elite. Like wow. I said, we got something really special lined up. But it's Black Friday. We got a premiere on Slam Worldwide. And that's for the uh, Inomination EP. We got an album that we're working on. And we got a little something else in store for the, for the sickos, too, man. Nice. But yeah, you could, ta- you could, catch, you could catch both bands, Abbas and the Ignominious and Volnificus. You could catch that on streaming. Abbas, you could catch that right now. And Volnificus, you could catch that this Friday. Okay, man. Um, and uh, like I always ask every guest before I let you off the hook, I'm going to ask you, Eston, to recommend one older album and one newer album, uh, just vaguely uh, in, in your estimation, um, just to recommend something for the listeners, any genre you want, any artist you want. Um, all right, we're going to do this off the rip. So off the rip, the first album I mentioned, I think of when you say that is Despondency, God on Acid. Wow, despondency, God on acid. That's that's a deep cut. I'm not. I I've heard of that. I I don't believe I've I've checked that out, man. That's for the sickos, man. Y'all know what y'all know what time it is when you hear that. <laughs> All right, man. Despondency, Wait. God on acid. How old is that? Uh, I believe it's from 2003. Okay, man. And what about a newer one? How new we talking? It's it's up to you. This year, last year, last few years. Um, I'm gonna say one of the best, one of the two best albums that I've liked that's came out in the last year or so. Um, and it's New Standard Elite. I want to thank. I also want to thank Daniel from New Standard Elite. But um, these two bands is Dispersed. Uh, it's uh, Where Silence Reigns, I believe. That's the name of the album. Dispersed. Dispersed and uh, Meshim is from Turkey. Um, I can't remember the name of the album right now, but it's three E's. It's the only album. It's the only full length album he put out. I think he put out he put out the album earlier this year, early in 2021. So those two albums, uh, Meshim and Disperse, where Silence Reigns. If you like brutal, heavy, nasty shit, that's the that's all three of those albums. It's Fantasy. And all of that. What, what was that last one? How do you spell it? M E S H U M, meshing. And okay. it's all one person. Everything drums, vocals, guitar, everything is one person. 
Okay, and man. It's immaculate death metal. <laughs> immaculate. All right, man. We're going to look out for Immaculate. Appreciate that, man. Um, Eston Brown, thank you very much for your time, uh, for your candor, and for sharing your story, man. We're going to check out all your projects, and I, I encourage the listeners to check out all that music we just talked about in the last um, over an hour. Uh, and thank you very much, brother. You have a great, uh, great night and a great weekend, man. All right. Thank you. You too. Okay, that was our interview with Eston Brown, uh, vocalist of many brutal death metal projects, as we discussed. Please don't make me pronounce the names again, Eston. Um, but all kidding aside, we appreciate his time on the Heavy Hole podcast. Thank you very much to him. Um, hope you've enjoyed this uh, special extra episode we tried to get out quick for you this week, so there's not as much uh, content. Justin and Tom are not featured on it, but they are working hard behind the scenes, as I said. If you want to leave us a voicemail, because uh, I'm here all alone feeling lonely, give us a call, 631 631- and give us a call, tell us your thoughts on metal, recommend us some things, complain, vent, get it all out of your system, invent a character, allegedly. I don't know if anyone's ever done that. Uh, And check us out on um, Instagram and Facebook and all the usual usual social medias. You can go to heavyholepodcast.com. Um, for more on that and if you want extra bonus episodes which we are working on we we uh we have a habit of dropping them somewhat sporadically we apologize for not being so predictable with that but we are always work excuse me we are always working on uh, stuff behind the scenes for you on that patreon so check us out on patreon heavy hole podcast and um that's it man happy thanksgiving to uh those of you in the united states those of you elsewhere please enjoy this bonus episode that we dropped for no apparent reason man it's big will heavy hole podcast and um if this wasn't enough check out tomorrow because we got another one